Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Jason gets arrested, Dante comes back and leaves, and he's not the only one leaving but General Hospital. We're going to break that down and more next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey! Everybody, welcome to another episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV, breaking down all the shenanigans happening in Port Charles. I'm Frank Moran. I'm Carla Renata. And as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and Carla's got her iPad up and running, which means I do. that chat is up and running, and you're in there. It is. So let's do a let's do roll call real quick. <laughs> <laughs> family, fam, f- fantastic family adventure. Stuart Pierce, Annie Goen, Nakisha Jones. Um, Michael B, Dolores Leach, I said Annie Taylor Grant. Uh, I think um, oh, I think a super super chai Pbon. Oh, he hasn't been here for a while. Joan C, Jean, and I think that's a oh, War Hero ninety nine, and another brother, and of of course Loretta, and of course our girl Kelly Public Cover. Hey y'all, look at that. So, folks, uh, usually what we like to do is we kind of take a, just a, a general thoughts and impressions about the, the last week in Port Charles, and then we break down some specific storylines. Then we get some news and some gossip. But uh, we're going to jump ahead to some news right up here up top because last night it broke. <laughs> That's right. So hot. So sizzling hot. Uh, it went out there on the internets that uh, Michelle Stafford is leaving General Hospital and returning to YNR to reprise her role as Phyllis. It uh, her her contract was up at GH, and her and the uh, the show just could not reach an agreement. That so. makes me really sad. That makes me really sad because I adore her as Nina. But what that is going to mean is I don't know how quickly she's leaving. But what that's going to mean is that they're going to accelerate whatever that storyline is with finding the results for Sasha and all of that. And I don't know what that means for the the characters involved in that storyline, particularly the girl that plays Sasha and Valentine. It is rough because I do not – I mean, I could see them recasting because Nina – I mean, Michelle Stafford originated Nina when she came out on the show. This was a uh, part that she started. You know, I could see them recasting it. Uh, I, I don't know if that would necessarily be for good or for ill. But is Nina so essential to the show that you would want to recast or they could just write this off be, and Nina leaves as Michelle leaves? You know, I, I – I, Partly agree with you. They could recast Nina, but it's gonna take them. It's gonna take a minute to get used to a new Nina, just like it took a little bit of time to get used to the. Uh, like it takes a little bit of time to get used to any new character that replaces somebody. Like I think the only person on General Hospital who hasn't been played by a different character is Sunny. That, uh, yeah. Nobody else has played Sunny Corinthos. Nobody except for Maurice Bernard. So it's and they know that if they do that, that folks would be like out. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. So I, if if they got the right person with the right energy and the right, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That gusto and that that 
little bit of zing that Michelle Stafford has in playing Nina, then I think it would be okay. But otherwise, I say, you know, just let everybody, let her, Sasha, and Valentine leave Port Charles and bring somebody else in new. Well, there has been, and we've talked about it so many times in terms of Nina's storyline, where there are so many landmines in her relationship with Valentine. Mm. Secrets that she doesn't know about, mm. on top of secrets that she doesn't know about. <laughs> right. She still doesn't know about the Sasha thing, and that's going to come out, but then she also, it's also got the, uh, the clawed out stuff simmering in the background. So, I, it, this is a character that you could easily just write out, where she's just fed up with all these lies that Valentine says, and then, I, mm. I just have to leave town. Mm. I just can't do this mm. anymore, and mm. it's gone. Yeah, yeah. But I also, like, just Nina as a character, I don't know if I see her so tied into General Hospital. To the fabric of yeah. General Hospital, to the point where it would matter if she was recast. I, like I said, I kind of sort of agree with you with that, but whoever, it, if they go down that road, if that's the route that they decide to take, it really needs to be somebody that can really capture the essence not be Michelle Stafford because I would never say that about another actor coming in to replace another actor in a role because that's just foul but whoever replaces her if that's indeed the road they go down they need to have that zing because the thing with Michelle Stafford in her portrayal of Nina is that she had that thing where she could come for you and her those steely eyes of hers like she wouldn't have to say a word all she had to do was just stand there and you were like oh okay Nina about to go in yeah you know what I'm saying so yeah um, it's always tricky. I, it, this is the thing about soap operas that's always really tricky when somebody leaves and they recast. We had the same conversation not too long ago when Billy Miller came in to re- replace, um, to redo the role of Jason, and then they brought the original Jason back. And that was awkward for a minute, but kudos to GH for finding a way to make that work. Mm-hmm. Like, they found a way to make that work, and they found a way to make it work because they discovered that there were fans that had really taken... Uh, Billy Miller's fans came over from his other soap and followed him to GH. So they didn't want to lose those fans and the people that love the original Jason. So they found a way to like blend that into the Port Charles fabric and it worked and it's working really well. So hopefully, you know, if they decide to keep the character of Nina on GH, they'll find a way to do that with, with that character in Port Charles as well. Well, to your uh, <laughs> Drew Jason thing, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been great that they've been able to find at least a place for both of them, but you can definitely tell. I mean, it's the Jason show. I mean, you know, dude, it, was guest all, star. it was always the Jason yeah. show. But like, you know, come on. But it's, it's like they said, like I said, they, they found a way to kind of make it work. Like, yeah, Drew, once they brought the original Jason back, it was a wrap. We all knew that because everybody loved Jason. Like I I said many times on the show, that I was like, mm, I don't know about them replacing Steve Burton. Like I would say that all the time. And then it kind of, and then Billy Miller kind of grew on me. But the thing that was funny is that they, they <laughs> the thing that made me laugh is that they were trying to dress him like, like they would put him in the leather jacket and the jeans. I was like, mm. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. But it's all kind of grown on me. And then what they did was they gave Drew his own storyline with Kim and Oscar. So then it separated him from that whole Quartermain, Sam, Sonny drama. And he was able to, to carve out his own identity as a different character. So that was kind of cool. I guess. But, I mean, if you looked at the screen time that Billy Miller would get before Steve Burton came back compared to what it's like afterwards... Man, it's Look, like it, I bet Billy Miller ain't complaining about that paycheck. I'm just saying. I mean, and to Billy Miller's credit, that I know he does a lot of pilots and other things that you know. So maybe and he probably needs that. You know, needs that flexibility yes. to, to bounce if he needs to. So uh, with Michelle Stafford leaving, uh, 
what were you uh, miss most or what did you enjoy most about Michelle during her time? Oh my God. Michelle, Michelle for me is the same. I have the same love for Michelle Stafford that I have for Mara West. I've talked about them equally about how much I adore their acting ability on that show. They're such wonderful actors. They know how to just, they just know how to take something off the page and put it on the screen in a way that I've never seen on General Hospital. They are just really masterful at what they do, both of them. Michelle Stafford could wear a dress, honey, like nobody could. Like Those, those little designer ditties that they would put her in, She, I'm like, I don't know if she naturally is fit like that or she works hard at it, but those dresses, I was like, ooh, what, what fashion is Nina wearing today? <laughs> I was living for her fashion. You know, because, of course, she's a fashion editor, so they had to have her look fabulous, but I was living for her wardrobe. I I love the fact that when they first brought Nina on, you know, she was kind of a bad girl. She was kind of nasty. Mm-hmm. She was kind of nasty and mean and always plotting and doing... She was pretty much like the female equivalent of Valentine, so to speak, which is probably why their characters were drawn to each other in the first place, because there's a little bit of Valentine in Nina. Just a little bit. Not enough that she would, you know, do go to the lens that he's gone to, but yeah. she came close. I'm just saying. She came close with Silas. She came a little close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. She was there. Um, but I just, I, I adore the way she would spit off, and they would give her monologues for days. They always, they were, they're very strategic about who they give monologues to on that show, because not everybody can do it. She was masterful at it. She really was. And I'm I'm going to I'm just going to miss the essence of her in that role. I'm just going to miss the overall essence from, you know, the way she dressed to the way they dressed her to the way she delivered her lines to the way she interacted with the other characters to the types of storylines that they gave her and how she adapted unequivocally with such grace and um finesse. I'll just I'll just miss all of that. It's uh, I you know Michelle Stafford incredibly talented and and fun actor to watch. I did not particularly enjoy a lot of stuff with uh, Franco and they're taking Ava's baby and they're running off. Yeah, yeah. But once she got out of that and turned it around and started running Crimson, I started really enjoying Nina a lot more. Yeah, when she started to run Crimson, they began to develop Nina in a different type of way that made her more likable. Yeah, You know, it made her more likable. It made you have more empathy for her when Liesl would do stuff to her. Like when Liesl left her to burn to death, you felt bad that Nina was left in this barn to burn to death because by this time you had developed empathy toward her no matter what she did, no matter how crazy she was. Even with when uh, Nathan died and she was all up in Maxie's grill being crazy, even though she was crazy and you wanted to just reach through the TV screen and punch her in her throat. You still had empathy for her as Nina because Michelle Stafford created that essence about Nina to make us as viewers feel that way. I still feel like I don't know if she ever really had that huge front burner storyline that I would have hoped to have seen somebody of Michelle Stafford's caliber because she could easily carry a nice, really front burner storyline. I don't, you know, I don't know if if at GH they had conversations. They have conversations with the actors about their storylines and where they're going. Like I know some actors, when they're at a Maurice Bernard status or a Susan Lucci status, they do discuss with them their storylines. But with people like Michelle Stafford or Kristen Storm, Kirsten Storms or some of the other folks on the show, I don't know 
if they discuss their storylines with them and they just kind of get what they get when they get that script the night before um, and they just got to go for it, which is frightening and exciting all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But I agree with you. She probably, she could have, if she had had something chewable, you know, chopping at the bit uh, material-wise like Mara West had, I think, you know, it would have been really great for her and she wouldn't be bouncing to go to another soap. Yeah. Uh, I, I will. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with her. I, I will miss the uh, the time with her and Maxie. I always thought that was a nice. In Nathan's passing, how Those the two scenes, of them really yeah. came together. It was Just, really nice to watch them do their thing together. So that was a little bit of news. We'll touch base with some more news and some casting uh, uh, information at the end of the episode. But in the meantime, why don't we uh, jump in? And I'll start as always, Carla, by asking, <laughs> what did you think of this week overall? Well, let's just uh, okay. It was a slow burn of a week for me this week, you know, and I think not the highlight, but I think the two major points of this week were the whole Shiloh DOD thing starting to get to a boiling point Mm -hmm. and Dante coming and then going. I was like, I don't know how, and not for nothing, but, oh, and I feel really bad for saying this. But I felt like Morales from a chorus line when he left. I felt absolutely nothing. I felt so bad that I I felt really bad that I felt that way. Like I feel like, and I please forgive me. I don't remember the young lady's name who plays Lulu, but she was doing a great job with her with her performance. She was doing a really wonderful job. But I felt nothing. It's I was like, "Mm." which I mean is a shame because it's you want to feel. That Frisco and Felicia type thing. When Frisco then says, I'm going back off into the WSP. Exactly. And free the, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I felt nothing. And I felt really bad that I felt nothing because I knew that I needed, I, I knew as a fan of the show, I probably should have been a little choked up and should have been able to pull some tissues out. But I was like, mm. like I was more choked up when Jason left Sam. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, mean, I just I'm, I don't know. But I, I mean, I guess that comes down to if you're thinking of like great couples on the show, do Dominic I mean, do Dante and Lulu really rank up as like couples that you've been super invested in? No, and this is why somebody brought this up, and I can't remember who it was, but some, oh, it was on the soap that they brought it up. So there was a scene between Peter and Maxie where. Um, Maxie was saying, talking about how when she got pregnant and she miscarried and all that, how that affected Lulu and Dante's relationship. And she said, I think that's something that they never recovered from. And then they cut immediately to Dante and Lulu with Dante telling Lulu that he had to leave, right? This is what I loved about Dante's storyline this week. I didn't love him leaving because I felt nothing. But what I did love is that the one person, the two people he decided to confide in were both people, one was a family member whose memory is fading, and the other one was a WSB member. I found it very interesting that those were the two people that he decided to confide in, and he didn't have that conversation with his wife. It was weird that he did not, was not more open about why he was leaving. And not even saying that he's like, I've had dreams where I've killed you. You don't even have to go that far, but to say that yeah, I at least acknowledge the fact that there's been some kind of programming done in his head. Right. So I I love that he went to Anna as a WSB yes. member and was like, <clears throat> I don't think I'm I don't think I have control over what's happening to me. I don't know what to do. And then her offering, you know, you need to go to people that are specifically trained to handle this kind of thing. And this is what happened when it happened to me. And, you you know, you might want to consider that. And I think that ultimately colored his decision. 
the fact that he had that conversation with Mike and the fact that Mike was lucid enough to kind of sort of understand what Dante was communicating and just listening. Like, he literally just listened. He didn't give a massive opinion about it, but he just listened. I think he may have suggested maybe he should talk to Lulu. I can't remember. But I love the fact that that Max Gale literally just sat there for the majority of that scene and listened to what Dante had to say. So I'm like, oh, okay. This is kind of cool. And that was a nice touch on because one of the things I did like is, you know, we didn't get to see tons of it, but at least seeing the, how strong that Mike and Dante relationship is. That Dante spent the night with him in, in jail. Yeah, I remember that. That was a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. And so to see that kind of call back in as he's getting ready to leave the show again. Uh, now, speaking of that, I mean, Dominic Hughes came back and he only came back for 10 episodes. And if we're breaking it all down, I mean, we spent a lot of time in Turkey trying to explain how we were going to get him back out of here. With 10 episodes, do you feel like they spent too much time in Turkey and not enough time? Like, yes. Get, just get Dante back yes. to Fort Charles. They spent way too much time in Turkey. Like, <clears throat> I would have loved to see him be in Port Charles a little bit longer so that he there could have been an interaction with him and his mom other than at the surprise party. There could have been a little more interaction between him and Sonny, you know, after mm-hmm. he got after they got back. Like I would have loved to see him interact with more people that he was close to. Like, how are they going to explain this to Charlotte? Especially after Charlotte came over to see him, brought him a gift. It was yep. like, tell Dante, I can't wait to see him. Yeah, guess what? You're not going to. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And it is interesting to see how they're going to approach this because sending him off here, I mean, it looks like Dominic, yeah, I mean, the door's open to Dominic if you ever wanted to come back, but right. it's also open for a recast. Exactly. Which, I mean, is And I don't is know if too. he wants to come back. Like, he wasn't looking like, or maybe that was part of his character. But I mean, he, you know what I mean? He wasn't looking like he kind of. He was brainwashed, you know? Yeah, I, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I was reading online, it's like, you know, possibly the other storyline that you could have done is where he comes back, Raj isn't dead, but he comes back and seeks revenge against Dante. Dante gets killed, and then, you know, so he's back, has this reunion, and then he ends up getting killed by Raj, and then he's, you know, gone for good, and then you just see uh, Lulu kind of grieve and then move on. You know what? I think what's going to... And I, I can't remember if Michael B. or who it was that was on Twitter. Somebody says, yep, somebody some. says something about... Six da- months. Dante, six months. Give him six months. And then Dante Dante being gone. Um, who was the other person? Oh, we had Annie. Uh, it, somebody says something about uh, Willow being gone, Dante being, Dante being gone, and Chase and Lulu hooking up. Because early on... There was they had early on a little while ago they had there was some chemistry happening between Lulu and Chase for like a split second yeah. and they kind of just didn't mess with it because she was married to Lulu like right after Dante left I think I was like ooh are they gonna have her have an affair with Chase this could be interesting and then that never happened so maybe all of this is to open the door for that to happen I feel like that's the toughest thing with any couple that you've built up on a show. Especially when you get them married and, and you start involving kids, and then one of the actors decides to leave the show, mm-hmm. it almost kind of hamstrings the the other person in that relationship mm. because it's never really conclusively decided: are they dead? Are they? Could we recast them at some point? And so you kind of keep this other character just kind of in limbo. They really can't move to another relationship because they're still involved with this person that's just out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I always feel like that it does a disservice to the actor that is still on the show because they never yeah, really get... because they never get to shine, really. Yeah. There's kind of... It's like you use the word limbo. They're kind of stuck in limbo in this place and time where that actor that they were um, 
paired with is gone, and they're trying to just you know find their way wading through the water, so to speak. Because it's tough when Lulu <laughs> says, "I'm gonna, I, I will wait for you forever." And he says, "Now the thing that almost made me cry, the thing that almost made me cry, is when he, she says, I'll wait for you forever.'" And he said, "Forever is a long time," and bounced out of that door. That almost made me choke up. Oh, it almost made me choke up, but it quite didn't. And the other thing that almost made me choke up is when he said that, and then he got on the other side of that door. And he looked like he was going to cry. I'm like, is he going to cry? And then he didn't. <laughs> like, is he about to shed some tears? And then it didn't happen. I was like, okay. Yeah. So we see our boy Dante. He is he's, uh, he's skedaddled. But just as we're wrapping this up, it, it is this one thing with Lulu where you've said where you've had your that character say, I will wait for you forever. What are you going to do now? Because you really can't you really get her involved with somebody else. It's like she's going to have a grieving moment. She's going to have a grieving moment, and she's going to hook up with somebody. Because somebody is going to catch her in that moment where she's vulnerable and she's crying and the kids are going to be asleep or at the quartermains or wherever they spend the night when, when they're gone. And she's going to have a moment. You know, so... You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess last time it was you know Dante who cheated. Oh, it's time well, for she Lulu. Won't, she won't be cheating, really. I mean, you know, they taking a break, so technically, yeah, she I, ain't cheating. I, I think I'd rather see Dante come back. Maybe. I mean, I want him whether, to come back one more time. I just need for Dominic to come back one more time to have a resolution with Dominic. You know what I mean? Not not necessarily Dante, but with Dominic on GH. I just need for there to be resolution with that because I felt like this wasn't it. Yeah, I, I you be, know what I mean. I would be fine if somebody if they recast it. Give me you know give me six months and recast it out. I feel like this is a chance at least to bring uh, Dominic back to say goodbye to some actors, have some scenes say goodbye. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. like like they did with my boy Luke. Like give give a brother a moment to say goodbye and have some quality you know scene work with some folks that he's been on the show with for a long time. Well, who, uh-uh. other than Maurice, who we had scenes with, mm-hmm. and then uh, with his mom, mm-hmm. he had he had that nice scene with, mm-hmm. and of course he had some and scenes Mike. and Mike. Who else on the show would you have wanted to see him have? Carly. Really? Yes, because they had they've had some stuff they touched upon it over the years, but it never really kind of played out. I'd like to see him have a scene with Christina and Molly and Michael. Those are his brothers and sisters. You never you of the three of them, you never see him really interact with anybody other than Michael. Like the scene at the party where Michael says, "Yeah, Christina's in a cult." Like the fact that he just busted <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh out loud cuz he was like he's like, "So how's everybody doing?" He's like, "Well, you know, Christina's in a cult." It's like I guess there's no really easy way to say that, but yeah. when he said it like that, I was like, "Did you really just do that?" It was funny. <laughs> it made me laugh. I was like, "Okay, Michael." Um, I almost would have liked to have seen him with him and Chase because they didn't really get much chance to partner together oh, right. before and he left. And they were partners, and and he kind of clowned them doing the nurses' ball. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, so yeah, I would like to see that too. But you know what? <laughs> you know what else I want to see? I want to see um, who who else's story? Let me speak. Who else's storyline kind of intrigued? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, before we get to that next okay, topic, right. I should just real quick just okay. say. Uh, folks, thanks so much for helping us become the ESPN or TV Talk. Uh, we do a lot of great shows here. You watch a lot of the great shows that we do, and uh, you've really supported us throughout the year, so we really appreciate it. But we're also asking for a little help from you as well. So if you're uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to that channel. Give it a thumbs up while you're there. If you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. But wherever you're watching, 
uh, leave a comment and get involved in the conversation. I know Carla loves reading all your comments here in the chat, but, uh, you know, why not do something that Carla could go home and grab a nice uh, glass of Pinot Grigio <laughs> and just sit there and read the comments <laughs> out later on at her leisure. Uh, but thank you so much for uh, doing the show uh, as much uh, as well as the other shows we get to do here at, at After Buzz, whether it's on After Buzz, Popcorn Talk, uh, Black Hollywood Live. I is fantastic and so we really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to do that so continue to watch and enjoy our shows thanks yes and so let me just say um i know y'all in the chat room and i shout you out when i can and i type when i can but child it's hard for me to have a conversation with frank and type and talk to y'all at the same time but i do the best i can odessa so yes it is live (laughs) (laughs) and i will answer but sometimes when i'm talking to frank i can't necessarily look down at the screen and address what you've said but now that I've said that, we're going to move on to what Odessa did bring up. Yeah. She's like, um, she wanted to talk about DOD and the dead baby um, oh, and yes. all that. I, I mean, first off, what I'll just say with Willow is with Michelle Stafford leaving, there was the talk of Willow was going to be perhaps Nina's. Right. Real. We talked about that for weeks. Yeah. So now it's like. I wonder if that's going to happen or not. Probably not. And I feel like the fact that we haven't had it teased. Yet, no, makes the thing that they're going to course correct that. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen. But this is the thing that I love. This is what I loved about all of that. So, I love the fact that Shiloh was all up in Jason's face, and Jason literally punched him in his throat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jason literally punched him in his throat and threw his butt up against the wall and was like, and then, and not for nothing, but more than one character was like, look, if Jason wanted to hurt him, he'd be hurt. He and then Jason himself was like, you're right. If I wanted to hurt him, he would be hurt. But I just needed him to know that keep messing with me. Not only will I do this, but the next time you won't survive it. Yes, Jason. Yes. I was so excited by that moment. Do you think Shiloh got the message? No, because Shiloh is an egomaniac. Yeah. He is an egomaniac. And he's so he's so blindly focused on Sam and Christina that he can't see the forest for the trees to his detriment. Because I, I almost wish that we could have seen a scene of him, whether it's at the DOD house or somewhere, where he has like a, oh, jeez, Louise, man. I just almost got my, 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 my he butt never, me. He never even flinched, which makes him so dangerous character-wise. It makes him really dangerous. Because really, Jason Morgan and punched you in your throat and you ain't scared and having a moment? That's it. That, that says a lot about who who Shiloh is at the core. I'm like, oh, he's... He's a lot. He's he's a little scary. Well, because Jason says, like, the whole reason he did it is he wanted to make Shiloh scared, mm-hmm. and having him scared is a good place for him to be in. Exactly. But I still don't feel like I don't see Shiloh being scared. So I don't know if Jason – I think Jason's thinking a lot more happened than I, I think at least happened. I think Sh- I think Shiloh is scared, but Shiloh's not going to let in – because if Shiloh lets his DOD followers know – that Jason Morgan shook him up, then what does that do for him and his organization? It makes his followers go, well, you're not as unshakable as we thought. We're out. We're bouncing. Like, who? who you know what I mean? Yeah. He's created this persona of somebody who's unflappable. So if we see that he is flappable simply by Jason punching him in his throat, then his followers, especially Christina, be like, well, I thought, you know, yeah, so it, that's a whole other thing. And then I love the fact that as much as I hate to see Brad coming, because Brad just irritates me beyond belief with him. Every time he shows up with that baby and he has that angst look on his face, I'm like, I cannot. But I love the fact that when he showed up this time and <clears throat> Willow was holding baby Wiley and she saw that DOD book in that, yeah. that, 
<laughs> that a baby carriage. She's like, mm, yeah, I won't be leaving town after all. I'm going to stay because I do not want my child to be. And I feel bad because then she's going to find out that that's not really her child. And that's a whole nother can of worms that they're going to open yeah. up. But uh, I do like how uh, Chase has been better involved with the storyline. Mm. But I did have to laugh about everything after Jason gets arrested. And Chase goes to talk to him in the interrogation room. It was and, uh, comical. It was. It was comical. <laughs> where I mean, and you know, yeah, you know, Jason just does this like, "I'm going to stay quiet. I don't have anything to say until my lawyer's present." <laughs> so, and, and so it would be like he leads him out there. Uh, Shiloh drops the charges, so they're going to release him. <laughs> but it's like Chase has to keep reminding him, "If you find anything out, you let me know." And Jason says nothing. So I'm just like, <laughs> "Is it working, Chase? I don't know." You know, and then and then not for nothing, but. I wanted to punch Margot in her throat through the TV screen, too. Because I'm like, first of all, we ain't seen her in weeks. And then she's showing up talking that same Yang. I'm like, girl, I'm going to need you to go sit in the corner. Let Jordan handle it. And I'm going to need you to go sit in the corner and shut the hell up. All up in Jason's face. If we find anything, I will. Pro- girl, bye. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Like, really? I cannot with her. You know, it is because like I'm comparing her to somebody like Aunt Stella. Where at first I, when she came on, I was so I get so irritated with her because it was always just a Jordan would come to a scene and she'd just harp on about Jordan. But they've done a really good job about fleshing her out and making her a more well-rounded human being. Absolutely. But like with Margot, uh, not at all. Like they gave us that little bit about finding out like her past, but it's still it's just yeah. I mean, the best scenes that she had were the ones where she was having a moment after finding out about her mom with Sonny. Those were some of the best scenes that she had. Those scenes that she had with Maurice Bernard, those were gold. But since then, it's just I feel like they are struggling with how to weave her into the fabric of GH. That's what I that's what I feel like when I watch it. I feel like they're struggling to weave her into the fabric and they're not quite sure who to hook her up with, who to integrate her with because at first they were trying to do it with Drew. Drew is with Kim, their kid is dying so she can't go there cuz that would make her just like a cold-hearted biatch. <laughs> that would not be cute. Yeah. Um <clears throat> they can't hook her up. They can't really hook her up with Jason because it's Jason. They can't hook her up with Sonny. Sonny's about to have a baby with Carl. Like, there's nobody in Chase's with Willow. There's really no male in Port Charles that they can hook her up with. So what they've done is they have started to expound upon her friendship and professional relationship with Jordan. But even Jordan can't mess with her because Jordan got kidney issues and she just got <laughs> married. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just a whole lot going on. And I I feel like they're struggling to find a way for her to fit in. But when she did that, I was like, girl, bye. Go sit in the corner somewhere. I could not with her and that. Um, I did like, what else did I like about that little storyline there with them? Oh, and Christine, <laughs> Christina. Oh, Christina. I, well, what well, I do like, so Alexis goes talk to Sonny. Like, all right, you know, uh, well, and she sets that whole thing for Jason getting arrested by calling the police and saying, yeah, there might be some danger coming to Shiloh. But at least they agree, which I thought Alexis was smart. Like, we got to really figure out and be careful about what we do. Because right. if we do this wrong, right. it's going to blow up in our faces. Right. And so when Christina first comes over to see Sonny, Sonny's playing it cool. And I'm like, all right, Sonny, good move. And then by the end of it, he just blows it. But c- Child, if Christina was my daughter and popping off at the mouth like he was popping off of her, I would have lost it too. But I love the fact that he stood up and he was like, "If you think I'm going, <laughs> he was like, if you think I'm going to stand by and let somebody take advantage of my daughter, you have forgotten who I am." I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was, baby, I jumped off off the sofa. I was like, get him, Sonny. I was living for that moment. I'm like, yes. 
Yeah. It was everything. It was I, everything. I mean, for me, like, admission like that means, like, you know, I I like that Sonny, I feel like he knows that that is both his one of his biggest strengths and his biggest weaknesses in terms of that, where it's like... His kids. Yes. Well, yeah. well he will love his kids, but he will also... He, he knows that's like, all right, I might be going too far and you may be hating me for this, but I'm still I'm still gonna protect you whether you like it or not. He will flex some sunny muscles. I am not mad. I was not <laughs> mad at him for that. But I think with Jordan, speaking about Alexis, when Alexis called Jordan and said what she said, it kind of made her go like this with one eye open with Sonny. And then that's why when she spoke to Jason in the PCPD, she wasn't so sure that she was going to have to go after him because she felt like the son, just like with her and Michael with the plan with Nell and her and um, uh, what's his name? Ooh, Franco with the plan to flush out Ryan, I think she's about to go into another plan with Sonny and Jason in regards to Shiloh. And somehow I think that's not going to get to play out because I think her health is going to get in the way. Because there was a scene where they had her standing around the corner Mm -hmm. and she, you know, grabbed her side like her kidneys were hurting her. And you can't be messing with kidneys. They're not cute. No. (laughs) (laughs) It does make me wonder about, like, the bigger relationship between, like, Sonny and Jason and the PCPD, where... We know that you know Sunny's a coffee importer. He's also yep. a mobster. Jason is his enforcer. <laughs> uh, but you know, and I, and that, ha- that all that business happens, and we never really see much of it. A, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. We see more of them helping out and saving people a lot more on the show. Yeah, yeah. So it also makes me wonder. It's like why why don't the police and them at least you don't have to like each other. But in moments like this, where there is something shady going on, mm-hmm. and it's not involving you, mm-hmm. but it's involving people you care about. Why not, like, at that moment, like, tip off Jordan? Say, like, there's something going on with DOD. You got to keep an eye on them. Like, at least, you don't have to give, just at least give them but that. But I think, I think they know. I think they know already because they're not the only people in town that are talking about DOD. DOD seems to be the hot topic of discussion in Port Charles these days. So I don't, I don't think that that'll be a problem. I did wonder before we run out of town, town <laughs> run out of time, I wanted to discuss Oscar really quickly. Um, and the fact that Monica offered to to bring her and and um, Oscar over to the Quartermain house, and I was just like, I don't know how I felt about that. How did you feel about? It? I don't know. How, it was because it came out like if you were excuse me, if you were going to do that, why didn't you do that when he got diagnosed? Why are we doing that now where he's in his end days? Like that, just I don't know. But I, I if for one <laughs> respect, I like it that it, it, there's plenty of room for both Oscar and Kim there. They, uh, the Quartermains have the financial means to provide as much support staff that Oscar would need in a very comfortable place, a place mm-hmm. that he that he knows and that mm-hmm. he's comfortable with, mm-hmm. rather than having to put Kim uh, through all of that, uh, and also having her job as well too. I mean, I feel like I, I could see the generosity in that offer. And then I felt like. <laughs> I felt like Kim was like, yeah, I can't talk about this. I got a patient. She had no patient. She just wanted to get out the room. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what bothers me, like, with the with the, the lack of st- stuff for uh, Billy Miller to do. Because I wanted so much more to see more of that scene between him and Monica. Me too. Okay, so we here on that. Yeah. Me too. I thought, oh, they're going to have a really nice scene. And then they didn't. And I was like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, I mean, it just, it was set up to where... You know, smash, you know, smash this award that I've got. Yeah. You know, you've got to let this stuff out. Yeah. And I felt like we were gearing up for a really tender moment for yeah. him to really just let those floodgates open to yeah. anybody. And, and then, then it didn't happen. And, and then Kim like, walks in and then it's just the moment's lost. Yeah. But what moment wasn't lost 
flipping to another people that we didn't talk about today, was Anna and Peter having that moment after he finds her on the steps reading that letter from from Griffin saying he was leaving. And it's true. She did look at Griffin as a son after he came into town after the whole Duke, Luke, whatever it is, Duke situation. And he looked so much like him and all of that. And he saved her, blah, 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 blah. And now he's gone. She felt some kind of way because they had become close. They had a bond. And a bond that she has not been able to tap into with Peter because Peter's kind of like, and it's like he said, whenever you look at me, you see my father and what that represents. And she was, and she didn't negate it. She wasn't like, you're wrong. So I'm hoping, I really want them to explore that relationship more because it's such a complicated relationship that I really want them to have that moment. (laughs) I really want them to have that come to Jesus moment where they just kind of, find that that mother-son bond that they both so... Because you can see that they both desperately want that, but Faison's ghost is in the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel like the the tragic part about that is it seems like they're gearing it up to be that that Alex has kind of lied about which memories that uh, have been given to Anna. with shady boots. Like, why would she do that? Because maybe she just wanted to reveal about this woman about the kid. Mm -hmm. But I feel like... I could see them really making this yeah, this connection mm-hmm. only then to have the revelation be like, oops, I'm really not your mom. It's Alex, and she wants nothing to do with you. Oh, that would be shady boots. That's a good plot point, though. Ooh, yeah. I'd love to see that. So I feel bad for Peter for for one second finally having what he thinks is his mom, then torn away, and now that it's would just be a good. That would be a nice twist. Ooh, that would be really good. Um, the other thing is that... Um, <laughs> I love how as Robert's leaving town, he tells he tells Finn, yeah, she's damaged goods. You might want to kick her to the curb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why would you do that? Well, but I also feel like his advice was like to to jump the gun. And I feel like he's trying to like get her to propose. Mm. Get him to propose? He was he at the same he was it was like a it was like a double edge entendre. It was like he was telling him that she was damaged goods and you might want to run, but if that's not how you feel, then you might want to do it now because you might not have another opportunity. It was very, very crazy, and I'm like, okay. I don't yeah, know. I, I, don't know. I mean, I've been enjoying the Anna Finn relationship, so, you know, to have all They're of They're growing on me because at first, remember we were talking yeah. about them at first and they would kiss and we'd just be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was so awkward. I don't know how I feel about that. I was like, I don't know. Because I, I like, like, even at... at uh, Alex would try to play Finn uh, mm-hmm. against Anna, and he's like, "No, no, I'm, I'm cool." Like he never fell for any of that. So I was like, "All right, Finn, you're you're a smart guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, do you feel? Because uh, I was reading online too, like the Oscar storyline might be too sad. Do you feel the Oscar storyline is too sad? No, I don't. It's reality. I mean, people get sick with brain tumors, cancers, all kinds of things every day, and of course, it's always sad when someone meets their demise in a way that's dragged out. But that's reality. And I was talking, I'm on the TV Academy um, voting panel. And one of the things that we were discussing when we were voting, when we were discussing the different shows that we were voting on, and I said this in the meeting, is that ABC has always done a really exemplary job at taking on subjects in real life and bringing them onto the forefront of their soap operas. Like when All My Children was on, they brought on the whole lesbian storyline with Donna Pascal. Um, they they always, and now with, um, with General Hospital, they have the Alzheimer's storyline. ABC does a really, really good job of taking real-life issues and bringing them to the forefront of the soaps in a very um, gentle, real, 
realistic way as much as they can on a soap opera. So, no, I don't think it's too sad. I think it's very realistically um, portrayed and it's something that people need to see, especially for young kids, because we're dealing with young kids and how they deal with it and how they filter through the mess of a friend passing away. Uh, yes, we, so we see Cameron in court dealing with the issues that came out of whatever happened to Oscar Niagara Falls. Uh, real quick, as we're getting ready to, to wrap up, I do mm-hmm. want to talk about the, uh, the travesty that is Franco's hair. Oh my God! What happened to that hair? What was? <laughs> I was like, "What is this bang situation?" <laughs> it was so bad. I was like, "Cause I was like, is that Franco or is that a girl? Like, what is that?" <laughs> That was, that maybe a, he had, maybe he's doing another role someplace else where he has to have his hair be different. I don't know, but that was like I don't know. Oof, that was a poor choice. That was a poor choice. I <laughs> just saw that thing. Kelly did that. <laughs> Oh, man. He was giving us bang action. I'm like, oh, no. He's giving us bang mullet 1970s. I don't even know what that was. Oh. Uh, so, folks, as I said at the beginning, we started with some uh, some news. We're going to end with some news as well. TV news. And uh, this is on a good side because this has been something that we've been talking about for a while uh, with Valerie Spencer. There was a lot of stuff being set up with Christina that we felt like was cut short with uh, – Brittany, uh, Brittany leaving to go mm-hmm. to YNR. Yeah, uh, they have announced that they are recasting Valerie Spencer, which oh, is great, that's and it's going to be an actress uh, uh, by the name of. Do, 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 do. Uh, there we go. Uh, nah, look at me. Look at me. I had that name right there. There <laughs> you go. Had that name it's right Paulina as Paulina Bugembe. She's going to start in May. Recast as Valerie Spencer. Oh, cool. I can That'll only be interesting. Ho- yes, I can only hope though that uh, this will mean. Uh, Please use her more than what you've been doing with Brittany. Uh, yes. This is a storyline that could be a lot it of fun. It needs to happen. It yeah. needs to happen. We need to see Christina have that storyline. And we need some. We need, we need for her to be on the screen and us not hate her every time we see her. Yeah. Because now she's getting on my nerves. And, and this, <laughs> this storyline needs to be something that needs to be tended to. It can't be just like once every couple months that she shows up and we, we move the story incrementally. Yeah. Let's, let's commit to it and yeah. let's see it play out uh, yeah. on a more frequent basis. Yeah. Uh, so, folks, holy cow. Look at this. The buzzer's rung. This episode <laughs> of the GHF report is fast. done. Absolutely. Well, time flies. We're, t- we're having a good time. <laughs> I know. We were having a good time. Uh, except Franco's hair, everybody. Just, <laughs> Franco's hair. Oh, man. Hair. Holy cow. Uh, so, uh, folks, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Here. Thanks, everybody, for jumping in the chat. We couldn't do the show without your your thoughts. I know Carla really appreciated it. She's now taking this moment while I talk to do some last-minute typing to everybody there in the chat. Uh, but, folks, in the meantime, don't like us on Facebook. Give us those five, star on, five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you want to stay in touch with either of us after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can also find me right before the GH Report with my boy Michael B., who's always in the chat room with me at The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata over at Black Hollywood Live. And you can see all of my film reviews on the latest releases and classic films at thecurvyfilmcritic.com. Oh, and I'm on Rotten Tomatoes, too. Oh, just that. Oh, just that. Look at that. And she's got a show, your focus show as well. Oh, right. I forgot. Oh, thank you. So you can also um, catch me on YouTube and I think on Facebook. I am on season two of You Know That Scene, which is a focus features web series with five film critics, including myself. That's right. You know, my other job is Carla's hype person. That's right. (laughs) But what? Carla Bernard in the house. Uh, folks, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Happy Go Jackie. Jackie. Happy Go Jackie. <laughs> folks, we'll see you back here next Sunday with an all new episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye. 
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.